Hey everybody, it's Rod, and this is Josh. Josh. What? What? Oh wait, did you get the freaking boo? No, I'm not even on my computer. My computer died. Oh fuck, uh, man. Yes, we are the Murder Moose Podcast, part of the Slashing Cast Podcast Network, and we are here with a special guest. Uh, we are here with Miss Enola, who is a podcaster in, in their own way. Um, you got my pronouns wrong. Sorry. Oh, did I did I say? Call me I'm Ms. trying to say Enola. they. How do you? Okay, I know that there was they them right. Did I? Yeah. Did I not? Did I not say they them? No, you called me Miss Enola. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez, I'm Rod, you're I'm such a. With... Yeah. I mean, I'm just put my foot in my mouth. So Enola, uh, no Enola Lugosi, right? Is how uh, I don't want to mispronounce anything. Or... Yeah, Enola Lugosi. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm trying to get it like right. Bella. And... <laughs> well, welcome. Um, you are a podcaster in your own right. You do your Slay Away uh, podcast, which you you focus on a lot of. You do horror interview or horror discussions, and also you you focus on uh, the community a lot, right? Uh, yeah. So I like to say we do everything from horror films to horror games to. Uh, general campfire chats is what we like to call them with the community, nice. both either uh, more promotional interviews with guests that have requested to be interviewed, which I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's talk about what you're making in the horror community right now or uh, where I'm talking with someone that I know of in the horror community that I'm bringing on to chat with them. Uh, and aside from that, yeah, we're celebrating queer horror this month because uh, it's Pride Month, it's June, and uh, you know, different months we'll celebrate, you know, women in horror and and different things happening in the community. That's yeah. what I love about Shudder. They have the like actual full list there on Shudder as well. I had a hell of a time getting this movie to play in Canada though, but I did get my VPN to work on the TV, so we're all here. Yay! I got it to work. It was <laughs> it was a pain in the ass. Uh yeah, and that was so I I think I, I met you through maybe some kind of retweeting through Andy and Brian. I'm not 100% sure. Probably. I, yeah. I know. Uh, Andy and Brian from the Dead and Santa. Oh, man, I always say Carla. Carla podcast. Yep. I say Clara a lot, and I'm yep. just like, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> um, I used to live in California, and so yeah. I, I say it the right <laughs> way instead of the fictional way. The fictional um, Lost Boys city. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I first met uh, Andy and Brian and Kat from the TGIF podcast, um, and they were kind of the first people that I met uh, once I had gotten this part podcast started. So. And you've been going for, did you start at the beginning of this year? If I was looking at yeah. your your uh, thing. So is this your first podcast you've ever done? Or No. Okay. So uh, how are you enjoying uh, doing Slay Away? Has it been a good time? You're enjoying like the the diving into horror? I mean. Yeah. We... I mean, I, well, I've been a horror fan my whole life. So I think I was just waiting to do this podcast for a long time. At first yeah. I felt like I needed to find the perfect co-host that didn't quite work out. And then I talked to a couple other uh, hosts and 
creators, uh, podcasters, and they convinced me like, you can just keep going. You don't need a co-host. I said, okay, I'll just do it myself. I'll do everything myself, (laughs) (laughs) which I do now. So um, I've been a huge horror fan for a really long time. And I had always been like, I just want to spend my time leaning into horror. If that's Mm -hmm. all I want to live, breathe and talk about, it makes me a lot happier. So I'm just going to lean that way and i'm gonna dive hard into it so um i finally started the podcast and uh yeah i just spend my time roaming around the horror community all it's, day and talking about that stuff all the time because horror is the fucking best that is it why really, it really <laughs> is it really it's been how like open like open arms the horror community's been we've been going uh here for like this is what 39 josh yep so We've been going for coming up on a year and uh, it's been a lot of fun and the, it's been amazing how open like everyone has been, you know, how friendly and, you know, been good. Have you found the same kind of like, have you been uh, welcomed in the, the, you know, horror podcasting community with open arms like you assumed you would? Uh, yeah, I think so. I didn't really have any assumptions going in. I didn't know what it was going to be like. Um, so I, I think so. And I try to stay connected with other podcasters and kind of see what they're doing and how we can collaborate from time to time. It's really funny. Um, sometimes (laughs) I'll do a, a show and I'll release my episode and it turns out like, uh, actually, I think it was Kyle from Trick or Treat. They they released the same exact topic like yeah. the same week, and I was like, "We're so in sync right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, we should have talked about this film." Yeah, so, yeah totally. Uh, you know what I mean? It made me laugh because I think the same week uh, Brian and Andy did uh, Hereditary on Dead in Santa Carla, uh, another podcast in our network, the Conjecturing Podcast, did it too. So it's like there's a lot going on with you know. <laughs> the horror community yeah we're not even meaning to i think it's just like oh you know it it might be a good month to talk about this and for me we're coming up to the point where i'm going to be releasing my midsummer episode around that time period when the midsummer festivals would normally be going on um unintentionally just because i was filling this month with a lot of extra episodes so yeah Yeah, it was funny yeah you were like i've had a lot of people come to me and you had just seemed like after our interactions and me listening to your stuff, like a person that I would, you know, would be a good fit and would hit come on and, you know, just talk about something. And, and that was way before I even, I, <laughs> you know, knew what we would be talking about. And we found an interesting little German flick to talk about today. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, and uh, man, I, I'm not I'm not very comfortable right now because I'm recording on this weird setup. But so you hear me stumbling and being putting my foot in my mouth more than usual. That's mostly why. So that's just Rod. That's just Rod. Just Rod being everything that I am. So <laughs> so how was everyone's week leading up to now? Is everyone having a busy week? Everyone having a good time? Super super busy. Holy yeah, moly. it's like the end of day two, uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure yet. But <laughs> I have a, I've been having a super busy month, so yeah. I feel like every single week has been uh, kind of bananas and trying to yeah. keep on track before <laughs> I take vacation time uh, the last week of June. 
yeah, you said you were like, yeah, I have this night open. And I'm like, okay, we're good. And I was like, Josh, can you do this? And he's like, yep. It's my daughter's <laughs> second birthday today, so I moved a few things around. <laughs> I was like, I, don't, I was like, all my time is filled up because um, outside of this, I also have been taking seminars and then um, classes and things as well because um, I've started writing more and contributing to different um horror news outlets and things like that so uh nice. it's like i've got all kinds of deadlines now are are you part uh am i correct you were part of this uh this uh not patreon but like a fundraiser like a what is it i can't think of the name of it. our you horror were... anthology yes there you go yeah so uh hear us scream is an upcoming horror anthology uh collecting essays from uh women and non-binary individuals within the horror community talking about um their experiences with horror and the impact that it's had on them in their lives mm -hmm. and um my essay which uh, is due at the end of this week for the first draft. Um, I'm talking a little bit about my experience as a neurodivergent person and how the horror community has really helped me find a way to connect with people where yeah. I've always struggled with that throughout my life. So that's um, awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be talking more about that in my essay. So I'm going to go deep and kind of personal. Um, but uh, yeah, so that anthology, I think we're looking to do like an October release, but we just got the notification earlier this week that it was 100% fully funded on Kickstarter. Awesome. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of Kickstarter, but my brain is not working because I'm me. But <laughs> that was, yeah, I heard you talking about that. And I was like, that's really cool because I feel like I, there are a lot of, similarities i've noticed uh, like with horror and then like i see overlaps with the wrestling community too which is like which is, i see people like kyle from you talking about trick-or-treaters who is in, like got his foot in a lot of these communities um i've seen a lot of this stuff that's like i see a lot of people that find they're out that they're like that's their relief from things that are happening in their regular life right and that seems like it's a common thing in both of those groups and so you get that kind of uh that essay where you're talking about you're writing all these things where explaining how it's been your outlet and i think that's a super cool and interesting topic because i yeah. feel like it's not easy for someone to explain that like you know casually in like five minutes right and so that's like yeah tell me about it right now in five yeah, minutes I'm really, I'm really just talking more about my personal experience with um being neurodiverse and when i grew up in uh, i was born in the mid 80s uh, early to mid 80s and um when i was younger girls couldn't have things like adhd yeah. and things like that we didn't get diagnosed with those kinds of things um but i had a few different other things um that were contributing contributing factors to me being a uh, neurodivergent now. Um, mm -hmm. and I have always had a difficult time, um, connecting socially with other people. And I also have, um, hypersensitivity responses to certain things. Um, I will feel a flood of emotion instead of just like a natural You're exactly like me, exactly like, like me. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it will send you into a panic attack, which is not a normal response to have to certain yep. things. Um, where you're just like really you're overwhelmed you can't process these things yeah. so um but for me the social anxiety that came with that sort of situation um 
being a part of the horror community and being able to find something where I could connect and have conversations with people about our interests and not feel really isolated and awkward. Um, That's why it's been so impactful, really. So that's kind of like a little short synopsis of some of the things I guess I'll be talking about because uh, I've always found it really difficult to to connect uh, intellectually and emotionally with other people. I feel like this last year really fucked me up uh, in that respect a lot. And now, like, a lot of things are coming back to life uh, just because COVID is, you know, people are getting vaccinated. I have my first shot finally booked for tomorrow afternoon. But I also just met with uh, the owner of the Calgary Horicon here, and I'm helping him, like, film their promo video and everything. But it's, like, essentially just a short film for it and everything and just getting to go and talk with him and like he's the horror connection in calgary right and yeah and I imagine know, like, we would have normally it, just been like hey let's meet at a coffee shop and have a chat about this yeah right <laughs> and then end up talking for like three hours or whatever um, i love it and that's what <laughs> horror brings people together and it's just like i didn't know this guy until you know a few years ago because he put on this con and now i'm like interlocked because we of our love with horror right i love it <laughs> and i mean that's kind of why uh josh and i became friends because we josh was like metal as fuck i mean he's covered in tattoos like i am and when like i was like he started talking about horror and i'm like oh i love this motherfucker <laughs> and, and did we yeah. just become best friends <laughs> did we just become best friends and yeah it's it's one of those things where i feel like man you go on and talk, get someone talking that loves horror and you get them, you figure out they love horror. And the, it, most horror fans can just sit there and like, you know, talk about it forever. It feels like, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. And for me, it's not only nine neurodivergent people that deal with this. Some people are great conversationalists, but me, I'm uh small talk is not something I do. Yeah. So I need to be talking about a subject I give a shit about yeah, or else for I'm, sure. I'm not able to like connect. And I just, sort of fade off of the conversation really quickly it's it's you'll definitely be able to tell when i'm just like i give i don't give a shit and i just cannot <laughs> connect and get it and like get on top of this <laughs> yeah, well that's why like the uh that's why my text uh, i always sound kind of grumpy when i'm uh having text conversations with yeah people. Oh, i hate texting and typing i'm i'm so short because i hate yeah, doing I'm just, it I'm so very, it's just like uh, fuck off concise, and that's like actually part of my neurodiverse personality is I'm short, concise. I say exactly what I mean. There's literally don't read into any of the words I've used because they don't mean anything extra. It's, it's funny because, uh, I'm also super ADHD. Josh is super ADHD. Um, and that's the thing with I've learned. I didn't get died because I was born in 83. Josh, you're 85, right? And, um, so we're both in that kind of similar age range also, um, I didn't get diagnosed with being ADHD until I was in my thirties <laughs> and it was literally, I was sitting there, I was going to play Dungeons and Dragons type stuff on a Friday night and I was driving my, uh, my GM crazy. And he goes, you were the most ADHD motherfucker I've ever met. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> <And I laughs> because that's one of the problems I think with being ADHD, right? It's that, uh, you don't. If you're if you're smart enough to get by with it, people don't point it out, right? It's like you can take tests, you could do you could go to work and do everything, but 
I think I was very high functioning with it for a really long time yeah. until the point where I just couldn't anymore. Yeah. I was well, diagnosed. Um, and part of that is your brain early. chemistry changing as you age. Yeah. Also, right? Yeah. I so. I it was killing me. I was sitting there and I wasn't reading emails at work and they'd be like, "Rod, what is your dumbass doing?" because this was in the email. <laughs> and I'm like, I cuz I would read like the first paragraph and then like That's all I do too. <laughs> my brain would turn off, right? So it's yeah, it's it's crazy how that's why I use the TLDR method with the TLDR at the very top of the email. <laughs> you put yeah. the rest of the shit. In the email. <laughs> put the import- now read this part or your yeah. like TLDR. <laughs> this is what this is about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the things. But that's yeah. why I'm really kid. You might notice most of the time in the way that I type. I also my typing structure is 100 percent punctuation bolded whatever needs yep. to be like <laughs> grammatically correct i think the, the first and then mess- i actually get triggered when people aren't doing that so man then you're like i'm gonna kill this motherfucker what am I <laughs> it's they are <laughs> fuck <laughs> i know like t- like one of the first messages she's like i'm very you know i'm very straight i'm a de- like you, you explained kind of what you were saying earlier and i'm like Okay, so she doesn't want to kill me. Okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hold on, let me just because I I was like really just short with my responses. Like, let me just explain to yeah. uh, Rod really quick. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm I, one like of those, I'm not mad at you. I just am like you know going through the motions. I'm myself. one of those people where I think that like I send a text message and like when I don't get a re- response right away, I'm like, oh fuck, I pissed them off. <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm being annoying again. It's one of those like uh, it's like. <laughs> It's that. Well, I think a lot of us do. It's like the why don't you like me response yep. also. Um, and part of that is just our, the social media age, right? Yep. Right now. And part of that is being oh my in God. this isolated box for the last year and a half, right? I th- I'm pretty sure a lot of people think that I hate them. For me, I'm too fucking busy. I have two kids. I got all this other shit going on. And I don't get pinged ever. And I'm like, wait, yeah. what? Discord people- said stuff? Like two days ago, <laughs> shit, I'm fucked. Like, <laughs> I don't think when I tell people, "Hey, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. I'm actually, I'm really, really busy." I don't think they understand the level of really busy I'm actually. Yes, about. right. Um, because I don't have kids or anything like that. I actually am on a break in between my jobs right now, but mm-hmm. I have filled my time with, like I said, classes, extra podcast interviews. I do all the editing and producing for my podcast. And then also the, all the scheduling and booking and like, yeah. I'm literally, it's like a second full-time job situation. So yeah. um, I'm like, yeah, I'm really, really busy. Plus it's pride month. So I'm doing, I, I had been asked to do five different pride events yeah. this month and all these other things going on. And then right. someone just asked me if I could do a, like a one shot D and D campaign on Monday. And I was like, well, I'm supposed to be going on leaving for vacation that day, but like maybe I could, push yeah. it back a day but my other problem is i'm not good at saying no yeah it's i completely feel you because i i work 40 hours a week i i stream three nights a week i i uh podcast and then it's like and i really stream four days a week so like it's always that and then the it's no like, sleep generation yeah i mean we live in a generation where we're expected to be like running to the ground constantly right it's I uh there was a thing going on around on my Twitter feed a couple of weeks ago where this this 14-year-old kid got a job at like McDonald's or something like that and like his father was so proud of him and people were like 
This motherfucker should just be able to be a kid. Why are you making a 14-year-old get a job? I mean, that's I've when been, I got a I've job. Been working, I've been working since I was 16. Yeah. So um, in some capacity or another. Yeah. My first job, I worked in like the health and beauty aid section of a grocery store. <laughs> so um, I, yeah. yeah, I get that. And yeah. now it's like even more expected than it was in... When was, well, do I actually want to say when that was. <laughs> I mean, it was it, 2000. That was the yes. year. So yeah, I was 16 and 99. So yeah, so I I uh, I got a job at Best Buy because I was going to Europe and I had to pay for half Wait, of it. Do you guys so. have Edo Japan in? Or is that a Canadian franchise? It's like uh, sukiyaki beef, teriyaki beef stuff. No. It's like Japanese food. It's they started in malls and there was one family restaurant where I grew up and it was just like the the one that they were trying out. So there were servers and stuff. And I got a job there when I was 14 as a dish pig, like washing the tables and dishes and stuff. And then as soon as I was 16, because I was the minimum age to work at Walmart, I moved over across the parking lot to Walmart because all my friends worked at Walmart. <laughs> I did dishwashing a little bit at Ruby Tuesday during college, and I did I think one night, and I I was will never do it again. I that was the most panic inducing thing for me ever. It was the never ending flow of shit being flung at you. <laughs> I felt like that you know, the Greek guy who had to keep rolling the rock up, up the hill every day. That that kind of that was kind of yes. how I felt about that. But it's like oh, I just finished all these dishes, and then you go out to the thing, and it's like oh my god, what the hell. <laughs> Uh, okay so let's talk about this this movie that we uh we watched this week um we josh found this and it was uh i think it was a tweet you found it through right about us like or through you find it it was a tweet but i think it was to uh, a bloody disgusting post pretty sure they put a, a list out on their uh uh what is it blog yeah well, blog. Yeah, I, I saw their one line review about it. So yeah. I, I then and then Nola asked me the name and I said Death Samurai instead of Dur Samurai. Dur, yeah. yeah, and she's like, I can't find it. And I'm like, Well, I have a picture here because I was trying to show Josh where it was. And she goes, Well, I go, Well, I told you the wrong name. She goes, That would do it. <laughs> and for me, I'm like, I would I logged on to my phone why I and saw the it. Film. A few hours before we started recording. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just glad I got it. Like I said, I had to do the VPN thing because I'm in Canada and it wasn't playing in my region. And I was like, oh, fuck you. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know Shudder did that. Like I didn't it, either until yeah. now. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, but this is a... Copyright laws are different across <laughs> the border, right? So I guess... Yeah. I just thought Shudder did did their universal kind of like you know we're gonna put this on our service kind of thing, but yeah, it uh, it is a movie from 2014. It is German, called Der Samurai. Um, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. This movie is very. Um, would you call it dream statey? Like it's very like. I had I had I it, it doesn't explain a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mind Fever Bender. Dream. Yeah. Yes, and Fever Dream for sure. Those were the two big ones for me, Mindbender and Fever Dream. And but as soon I as he started blindly following the the antagonist, I was like 
I called it out as soon as he just was blindly. I was like, there's no rhyme or reason to for him to be following the antagonist like this without yeah. a weapon, with you know, and with this much curiosity and yeah. like no willing to uh, protect himself. I'm like, you're a cop. You should have like more sense than this, man. Like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? It's it's funny because he gets a gun like what twenty minutes into the movie after he's been ch chasing the suspect or the the individual with the the sword for like you know fifteen minutes or whatever it is and is uh, immediately gets it, loses it like he has the gun for what two minutes it, like <laughs> he doesn't have the gun very long at all. I um, love that line though about. Uh get ready for the baptism or whatever of the gun i guess that's what it was right yeah that was fun i i, I was... think that he was supposed to jump in the water yeah i think so too <laughs> i don't think the baptism was about the gun i think it was actually just like in general they both need to jump in the water and be baptized yeah well he the cop jumps in although i wouldn't call this a holy mission <laughs> no. <laughs> no um it's it's funny because the other like i i I, I thought of high tension when watching this movie. And then there were like, I almost had like silent Hill vibes, you know, because of the, that kind of like that sense of, you don't know what's happening, which is, I mean, if this movie would have had fog, it would have been really been silent, Hill, you know, <laughs> vibes. But, um, it's that, it's that thing where you're sitting there and they give you clues throughout this movie that, that, that this thing is whatever is happening the situation that's happening isn't normal right because our uh we open up and our our main protagonist who's also named josh right <laughs> um is he no jacob oh it's jacob his name is jacob yeah. spelled in the proper german fashion <laughs> what uh, yeah with a k yeah and he's putting these bags of guts he gets from the butcher it sounded like right yeah and, and hanging them from a tree in the woods and you're going why is this happening and it is apparently a a uh there was a wolf running wild in this little tiny german town and as soon as I saw the wolf, like that was my main, like, I thought it was going to be a movie about wolves and that I was like, oh shit. Cause like when I was a kid, that was my number one fear. Like wolves, I don't know what it was. I had like some weird experience when I was a kid and if this movie was more about the wolves and made the wolves a scary thing, I would have been yeah. terrified. I bet it, this, yeah. this movie didn't feel like that scary to me. Or like, it, it, there's horrific events, but I I like more scariness yeah. to horror as well. But I guess this movie had more of like uh, a story to tell as well, right? Yeah, there's a overwhelming. Uh, you're you're it. It doesn't come out and tell you, but the wolf seems to be at least from what I gathered. A like in the, in Jacob's situation is what his battle with his inner I, I, no would you call it his sexuality or his inner self i i'm not uh i called it um what did they say so i was talking about his uh sexuality and i compared 
um, sort of something that they a theme that seemed to be what was going on, and you didn't really kind of get there until the end of the film. Um, at least for me, because I was like, I'm trying to figure out where this queer narrative is going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but essentially, there's a little bit of an allegory between um, queerness and specifically Jacob's queerness yeah. um, that's hinted at throughout the film. Um, and these, this idea of the wolf, the lone wolf and the beast within. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and this is like a battle that he's facing and this character of the samurai essentially is forcing him to confront this. Yeah. And it you see these moments where it seems like he's trying to fight his natural self, right? Like I I look at the the scene where he gets picked up by that uh woman off the side of the road like and she he like he's getting out of the car and he kisses her which was didn't happen. Little... <laughs> well, did it? Ha- That's what the thing with this movie was, right? It was, was just a. F- it was one of those fever dream illusion moments of him thinking, "This is what I should do." Except, um, no, you're a um, police officer, and yeah, you're not going to do it. Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was. I think there was a lot of the another undertone with this was what it's like to be different in a in a little tiny town, right? Like a town that. Doesn't Everyone very... knows everything about you from the day you were born. Yeah. And if you stray left, everyone is going to look at you like yeah. the whole audience turns if you do anything out of line. So he's well, it's, been it's forced. It's the way the to... antagonist, not not the samurai, but the antagonist of the group of uh, bikers and this one yeah. particular yeah. person. The bully. Um, are looking at him the whole time. Yeah, the bully yeah. character. Yeah. Who doesn't have a name. Just He's a bully. Yeah, there's not very many like names right in this movie. It's very much like it's a pretty small character study, right? There's, I mean, there's the main character, Jacob, (laughs) there's the samurai. There's like the police chief who's kind of in it. Right. And, uh, gives a couple of the clues during this movie. Um, on like something weird is happening because fairly early on (laughs) he calls, he calls Jacob and he's like, I we I got a, a call. A a man in a dress is running around fucking the city up or town up, right? Is that you? And so you go, why would this police chief think that his his uh officer was the one doing that? Did I mean was that a was that because of the just they're both redheads kind of thing? I'm not quite sure why he assumed it might be his officer. I assumed it five minutes into the movie. So Is <laughs> I know that I'm... being a redhead in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, I mean, maybe they're strawberry blondes. But yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't I didn't really pick up on the ginger vibes, but go go on. It you know, it it's funny because it it reminded me of um the the actor in the in the uh the samurai character kind of reminding me of one of the <laughs> i mean, is is going to be obvious, like one of the weasley brothers right the weasley brother that is who's gone and done more work than the rest of those cast the one who's in, been in the star wars movies and who came kind of gave me that vibe right and uh i was like 
they're, they're, it's funny seeing this like you have the two uh redheads and then nobody else in this town is like that right there that's another they way they like made these characters distinct from this town right um and it it was i feel like that this movie has all these things where you go this happened or this didn't happen and they made you want to question things and you were talking about the the difference between the uh, the critical opinion uh anola and the 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 audience opinion and we've yeah it's like a huge <laughs> slant yeah we <laughs> we we recently or probably like three or four months ago we talked about a movie called the stylist um and the stylist was a very weird movie because it was uh one it's a, it's a female serial killer right but the the movie is very uh <laughs> It makes you very awkward because the like the the that one's know. on the the list for pride as well because the writer's non-binary as well. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I didn't see that. Um, and so, yeah, I I you I've I started following uh, their Twitter after you talked about them, and uh, I've been following t- that whole team for years and years yeah. and years. So I had this like weird like inside view of the movie and the people that made it and everything. So like mm. I knew too much about who they were and the dog that was owned by the actual filmmaker yeah. and like that the filmmaker was in the movie at one point. And I was like, yeah. Oh, Hey, that's, you know, I was just like, I know too much. I'm, I'm but, taken out of the movie now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it reminded me because that was the same kind of thing. And all it was like a, it was like the critics was like 95% or something like that. And the audience, it was like in the twenties, it was a, a distinct difference between what the audience like got into. And sometimes I wonder, and this is a real thing. Like, is there like, if anything is different with horror, like, you know, you get this kind of like not normal, you're not having Jason Voorhees coming out of a lake and and murdering all the, the teenagers. Is there like a big section of the, the horror Broad audience, audience. Yeah, yeah that doesn't that isn't interested i think in... they just want to turn a horror film on and see cool kills yeah i don't think that they want to have to use their brains you i know, love this is not me insulting brain. the horror community it's more saying like you turn on a film you just want to be entertained you don't want to have to think about what's happening this film in particular you need to sit there and like think about what the fuck is going <laughs> on um yeah and but, I think that goes for films like The Stylist that are a little more not art house, but like um, there's some there's like an there's something additional like going on there yeah. or it's shot in a certain type of way. And well, um, this one could have unveiled kind of like I was saying with like the Fight Club thing where they go back at the end and show like, oh, he dropped the bottle and the other person was it like they could have if they wanted to. But now I just think it went more in that direction. But it could have not because they didn't fully explain that there, direction either, right? There, yeah, there were a lot of things in this movie that you go, well, this doesn't make sense if this was all just the the police officer, right? Um, the particularly, I look at the the uh, the the police chief or whatever hanging at the end of the movie, right? Like he's hanging upside down, and there's a very distinct difference between like him looking at the samurai and looking at Jacob. Yeah, but they both start there's but there are things like they're never fully 
conscious or in the same area as someone watching. And in that moment, he does start dancing the same way as the samurai mm. as well. So, like, I, I do question a lot of my thoughts in that direction as well. Mm. But then at the same time, they don't ever fully go into them interacting with characters together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it really lends it more to potentially that, for yeah. me at least. In, that's why I think, I think they go ahead, fully Mo. pushed it that way in the moment when, and I called this out um, in my review of the film, actually. Um, they could have turned it the way you're talking about. There was a perfect moment. There's a perfect moment when um, they're there with the police chief and the fire is burning and he's looking into the fire. He sees the head Ed, of the yeah. woman who he was in Loved the car with, part. right? And it's that like, was okay, beautiful did, too, by the way. Yeah, did did samurai uh, kill that woman out of jealousy? And it sounded like you know from that situation, yes. Or, um, but then there's you know they he does the dance. Um, it comes yeah. back around to the police chief. He tells him to take the sword. He's like, no, I won't do it. It's like it. It's like it's his um, inner struggle. Yeah, it's an inner struggle going on between like his morals. Mor oh God, this gets even weirder when it comes to using the word morality. Um, his moral self, yeah, and you know this other side of him that's been yeah. repressed, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, he actually says, um, I, "Here, here, I'll just read what I wrote." So an interesting moment occurred before the fourth act. I call it the fourth act because it feels like a fourth act yeah. at the end of the film. When I hoped that perhaps this person was merely a figment of Jacob's uh, troubled mind, as Jacob holds the blade and says, "I summoned you," uh, this would have made for an interesting, perhaps um, like maybe predictable twist at that point if you were yeah. paying attention. But the samurai is just a person suffering from clinical lipan lycanthropy yeah. uh, with a particular fixation on Jacob where they really if I think if they had pushed it in that other direction it would have been so interesting uh, yeah. same um, and I really and was I like wanted oh it shoot to go that way. same I was like this is such a good opportunity to be like yeah he has been doing all Mystical. this and this is, a, this is this is a figment or it is that repressed it's his repressed self yeah it's Man. not actually another person so um, but they didn't go that way unfortunately I really... All I have to say, if you're going to show a boner and he only cuts off the head, you got to cut the boner off first <laughs> and then the head. Come on. You got a samurai sword. It's right there. You missed an opportunity. Okay. And <laughs> I, I like to think of it that, that that point. There is like hardcore male nudity, which isn't like, I don't know if I've ever seen in an American movie. No, that's NC seventeen. Yeah, it's not going to be released. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, am I wrong? He missed a huge opportunity there. Well, you have to wonder what's actually happening. But like, it reminded me of know, kind of. It kind I'm of reminded me of like, why? Do, it's, I mean, what's the most famous like male nudity in horror? It's Sleepaway Camp, right? And yeah. the uh, as I pull my headphones out because I'm a silly, silly man like that, um, and. There was like, it was like you didn't kind of expect it, right? And it was out of nowhere. And I'm like, but we like you were talking about this is was this him fighting that urge of him or that part of his self that was you know he can't be he can't be himself. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know in that moment if it's like okay, we come to the end, 
you have overcome your queerness. I don't know what the fuck the message or, is. The that's what I got because and everyone I, else. I don't like it, honestly. Everyone like else, it, it was all. just blood. That was blood and fireworks. And then it cuts to him like embracing the samurai and being like totally like, hell yeah. And like chopping I, at a tree. And he's like, this is the shit. Fuck yeah. And that's the end of the movie. I was like, okay. You know what I kind of took it as? That he didn't need the samurai anymore to he was willing to come to terms with who he was. Like, that's kind of how I took yep. it at the end. Same. That it was that the samurai was how he opened up and was like, fuck this. I am queer. I am. Because there's that over, like, it, it I mean, it happens, like, multiple times in the movie, right? Like, the 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 first time he like kind of apprehends uh, the samurai, like they roll around on the ground and he gets up and he's got like a boner, right? He's got an erection. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, because the, yeah, uh, he looks down and his he's like oh he's okay a, yeah it's like it's dark so it's like you just see extra padding in the pants um, but, but this, yeah the, the samurai. samurai does look at him and he he does a nod yeah. to, to the whole situation yeah. so oh so that was like the first sign conflicted of it. It was, yeah it well that's what that's why you you start going this is a a man who's who's trying. The, <laughs> That's but also like, do not confront him because he'll take out your whole group. Like that was <laughs> such it's on the front poster or it's on the poster of the movie. And that is such a cool scene. And the blocking they did, like how they filmed it, it was so yeah. well done. Like that, the like the head flying and then the guy falling off frame, but not showing the actual yeah. head still. It was so perfectly blocked and film like uh, and the lighting of this movie too. It was at night. Uh, outside for the most part and it does have like an overly like indie flavor and feel to the whole movie but the mm -hmm. lighting was so on point the entire time i'm obsessed with the lighting so like yeah. this movie had like it hit the style points for sure um I you're bringing me back to this other thing that i'm thinking now that we've been talking about it is that when you talk about like okay so i've um defeated this person i've come into my own i've accepted my true self right mm -hmm. so i still in that moment if we're thinking of it that way with jacob at the end of the film like mm -hmm. wielding the sword i still and then at that point again i'm brought back to was this person just imaginary yeah. and are there a bunch of did you just kill a bunch of fucking people yeah yeah of which course. still brings me back to bad queer representation yeah. in terms of queer villainy yeah um which was one of my main issues from 18 minutes into the film yeah yeah uh, yep you, uh, you message me and you're like, I don't know. And I'm like, I, because they, they, they have those mess. And I think I know exactly what you're talking about because the, the scene where the two meet very early on, uh, Jacob gets a package in the mail and he, he gets home and it's not addressed to him. And uh, he gets a phone call and it's the samurai in the phone and basically tells Jacob where to bring it. And it's the, I just feel like an, all of that another, then, at the end it was it was imagined it was a, it was illusion it was a it was fever dream right but, but then the, the another magnifying glass moment for me was his grandmother because he's taking care of the grandmother and when she sits down uh, the samurai it's almost like she has met that person before and yeah. it's like oh yeah whatever but he's like. Like the samurai's like going off at that point, and she's like, "Oh my but god, it's tough! You can't. You're not. You're not sure because you know she like has yeah. dementia. 
Yeah, but it, then he comes um, back and he's like, "It's me, it's me," and she's like, "No, it's not." Like, uh, so I, yeah, yeah, I guess the dementia part does. I lend like that it leaves you guessing to like, I don't sure. know if that person was real or if that person was not real. I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm at the end of the film and I, there's so many conclusions. There's no answers that I can draw from this. We're gonna have a good. lot of. Like Bloody Disgusting said, they're like, I think that this is going to create a lot of interesting commentary. Converse. Yeah, for sure. In and, that, right? and that's what a good movie should do. Honestly, if it's spelled out for you, it's not going to create, like, we can't talk about it for oh, for a long time and think and, like, question yeah. our own choices from it and everything, too. And so, that this does such a good job of that. I'm curious, though, on what the what the the gay culture the queer culture is like in germany because i so i went to europe when i was 17 and the first place we went was uh germany and when we were going through we ended up happening in august where they have they they have their pride parades and <laughs> we were going through uh uh you know like this town square in this little german town and there was just you know like the whole the whole like uh square was filled with you know a lot of uh individuals in leather kind of thing and you're like i, I was a 17 year old and i'm like what is going i didn't know what was going on and so it's like it seems like um it's very different than here i yeah. can tell you even in um like 1920s 1930s uh i want to say like berlin yeah uh for example uh uh lesbian and gay people and couples were tolerated by society and then things mm -hmm. kind of shifted with different things happening yeah. uh culturally but by um i think like 19 late 1980s um when uh, after germany like unified and stuff yeah. um uh, they didn't legalize the same-sex marriage same thing until like 2017 mm -hmm. uh, wow i don't even want to talk about the fact that like how can you yeah, how long did it took us here yeah. weird moral <laughs> code piece of paper but um yeah, it's it's there's it, from what I'm seeing, it's like there was a lot less. Uh, I mean, not that they d haven't still suffered a lot. Yeah. There was less discrimination and yeah. there were more, I think, protections. But I don't want to misspeak yeah. because it's another country well, and I don't I don't know everything about it, but I've read a little bit. So that's one of the things that it, it's always interesting when we go and dive into a a foreign film right it's because it's culturally you're always yeah. on a different page from the people who are making this film and it's why i ask because like even then i think that there's this you get this from this movie that even if like the country as a whole is accepting and more open arms you still get this like podunk town where people don't aren't understanding right it's a it's a thing where you go into the middle of nowhere and people don't like change and don't like things that they don't understand. And that's kind of the vibe you get from a lot of this. And it's your, I think that I know the message that you probably like you concerned you at the beginning was the, um, he gives the samurai the, the package and, uh, the samurai says there's a party tonight and he's like, well, you can't go there. They won't understand. What, what, I don't know if I know the exact words, but basically tells the samurai, yeah, you, you, they won't accept you. Accept you, yes. And yeah. And I, I knew I knew that like was... Also, I guess you're not invited. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm... 
I think they, they're like this mysterious stranger that nobody knows. So, yeah. um, and, and like maybe in that moment he's talking to himself. We yeah. can go back to that again. But um, I specifically said that 18 minutes in, I was like, okay, this is feeling kind of problematic. I don't know what's going on. It's giving me like big, bad Buffalo Bill vibes. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this. Like I thought that we'd moved on from this yeah. <laughs> by this time yeah. in popular culture, um, but it, they didn't take it in the direction that I thought they would. But like, like I said, I still have some issues with like the villainy of the character yeah. and all that stuff. So, it, um, but then yeah. again, if he's just a metaphor, yeah, and that's it's totally it's kind of it's it's not necessarily okay, but sort of work through things in a very different way it because you're using it in that horror environment right where horror we've talked about it before horror is able to approach sensitive subjects in different ways than other mediums right like whether horror you know writing horror uh music i mean any form of horror uh entertainment i think is able to approach subjects in a way where they just they don't give a fuck as much, right? They because it's that it's that horror. It, it's that low expectation that so many individuals have for horror, right? It's the that's oh, why just... horror is everything. It's it's finally now being like by the critics and by the Oscars, or whatever, like considered a real form of like I don't know something, but like you're yeah, I art, totally one hundred art, yeah, yeah, that's but, what you were looking for, but because. You can yeah, express yourself in a... any way, and you get away with it with horror. Other genres, I feel like mm-hmm. there's too many rules attached mm-hmm. to it, and people have those expectations. Whereas with horror, you get to be who you get to be, like you want to be. And it, it's two middle fingers to anyone that says otherwise, and that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> Another critic had called this an art exploitation horror film, and so I continued on with that. Uh descriptor yeah <laughs> i like my that. own review because i was like yeah you know what yeah yeah i um i and i wonder I see it i i wonder it, it's that contextual thing and that's the the when you have stuff like this or that leaves those questions i think that the only problem that i start having and maybe it's the what if you don't if you're not clear with a message like this are you afraid someone is going to misuse your message for you. You know what I mean? Is this because if this is, if Jacob was killing people and even if, even if the samurai was the one killing everyone, you're having this queer character as the villainy, like that you were talking about in Nola, where it's, that's what you have to worry about. And so I, I think that this movie is smarter than that, but maybe the, Maybe the point is that he has to overcome villainizing himself. Yeah. As a queer person. Yeah. Th- Maybe he's not a villain at all, but it's because of his own internalized homophobia yeah. that he needs to overcome that part of himself that sees yeah. that part of himself as a villain. I just big brained it a little bit there, but <laughs> I have to say, though, that's, I mean, when I think about it, like maybe that is what's happening. I, I was really impressed with the. <laughs> It's weird to say, but the the samurai uh, was uh, was such an intriguing character in this all of this, whether real or not, because 
the how they moved around and how they you know just it's pure confidence knew that they were in control the entire yeah. time like yeah. nothing no one said or did was ever going to change the outcome of the samurai like yeah. total power yeah and how confident yeah you're the how they moved and jumped in that like it very felt like Samurai kind of felt like in that's why you go you call it the character the samurai like it felt almost like kung fu-y, right? Like it was like was jumping around like on wires, kind of like like the old Chinese like martial arts films, well, right? Doing uh, in a sense a dance from the start of yeah. their on screen, well, yeah. When they, when they became known to us, yeah. right? Well, it's yeah because as soon as the samurai pulls the sword out, of and the he box, talks about dancing a few times, so yeah. maybe maybe that's uh, yeah. You still owe me a dance that way, yeah. And that was, that was the stuff in this movie that I was like really like in like into because it was this, when this character starts like accepting what he is or what what you're gathering that he, that he is you know queer and that he's he needs to accept himself. I I feel like it's. It's kind of it's like a powerful message in there, but like, and I think a lot of that was, I really in, like liked how they did that, but like, I don't. It's there's so much going on there. I'm trying to like express myself because there was so much with that, that that dream state quality that we keep talking about, right? I love those fast cuts, like we were saying in the car when you yeah. thought he kissed her. I, I picked up right away that that was like a daydream, like, oh shit, like, yeah, fast cut to reality again. Yeah. But then they did it so many times where he got knocked out and then the samurai took over in that whole situation. And I'm like, yeah. that was another moment that I was like, he as himself is trying to not kill everyone in the town, but then yeah. he gets knocked out by the main bully. And then the samurai comes out and goes, well, you, you fucked with me. So now I'm going to cut all your heads off. Yeah. But again, that's just another like, but then he wakes up. I don't know. Yeah. Like they are telling that, but they're also not telling that at the same time. Yeah, because they... I thought personally that Ari Aster would love this because of the head trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of head trauma. <laughs> a lot of like head trauma and decapitation. There was so. a lot of decapitations in this. And, and kind of a... FYI, Ari, if you're listening. <laughs> Man, that I... upside down one was dope. The the chief at the end, that was yeah. just satisfying. Just <laughs> I, yeah. Japanese amounts of blood coming out. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of uh, Japanese <laughs> movies recently, and it's man they they over the top it. It's very uh, it's very like you look at Kill Bill one with the decapitations in that movie. With, like, yes. how they, they it's very uh, Tarantino did it very very Japanese style, which I mean was part of the what he was doing right with that movie. So, um, it's it's interesting because I feel like. <laughs> The more I think about it, it, it's that we were talking about the, these reviews that are were pointing it out as this this queer like art house kind of film, right? And and you were talking about it, it and how how it it starts off with that questioning, right? And I feel like that kind of makes sense, right? Because it's like this character is questioning who he is and what he like. 
what he wants with his life and what he wants to be and what he who he wants to love right and so that's that that questioning with what how he wants to be himself in this little town um i mean i'm a i'm a weird 37 year old who who is realized in his mid thirties that I'm also bi. And so it's like that thing where it's like, you don't want to accept who you are for a long time or, 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 you know, come to terms with it because what, what, whether it's society or it's yourself or your own, you know, in your own personal views of what you are or what you should be and how hard it is sometimes to overcome that for, so many different reasons, right? Yeah, for sure, man. So it's I, I I think this movie spoke to me a lot in a lot of ways, and I really approve of like, or like. Just don't go cut a whole bunch of people's heads off. I'm not okay? cutting anyone's heads off. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I I just approve of something that we can sit there and the three of us can sit here and like you know both you know talk about it and like discuss it and it's just like a we're talking way more about what the movie means than we are like you know a scene by scene analysis of something because i feel like that means so much more and i feel like this movie should be seen more and and, and maybe i think that's why the whole conversation at the beginning of uh the the critics having it at a hundred percent and the audience not because critics like to have that question and have yeah. movies uh, treat you like intelligently. intelligently. Yeah. yeah. Like you're an audience yeah. isn't I dumb. Mean, <laughs> I agreed with a lot of these where someone had said uh, the film asks more questions than it answers and it's stronger for it. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, cool. I could see that. Um, not many people did make it, have any commentary on um, it being a queer horror film, except like maybe two. Do you think they're just the... scared and they are tiptoeing around the subject? I think so. They're they're that like hyper focused on the werewolf myth and not really. The <laughs> well, that's... so a lot of people are like, oh, this fantastic retelling of the werewolf folktale, and I was like, okay, yeah, but what about the queerness? Yeah. What about the gay? It's very ha- it's heavy handed <laughs> on the queer storyline um... and the struggle between the character in himself. And then someone else said a haze of sex and violence. I'm like, there's no sex, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a dance. Watch I mean, this film. Yeah, dance <laughs> dancing is not sexual, right? Like the whole like, like if you're gonna say, I mean, it can be yeah, sexual. It can't. Like, um, I mean, it's it's not so much sexual as it's a very intimate act that yeah. I think transcends a sex well, act. Uh, I, I, in a sense, like it, I mean, you could think of it that way. It can be very sexual depending on how you're dancing, but the dance scenes in particular in yeah. this film, um, was a whole other level of intimacy. Yeah. But I think that it was an intimacy, it, it, well, it potentially an internal internal intimacy um, and I, with these characters, like I said. And if it is a mirror of himself, yeah. right? I, so. th- I think there's a thing with men, too, and especially, like, straighter, straight men, right? That intimacy with other men is way more hor- horrifying to them than even sex acts, right? Uh, I think that that's... You hear, I've heard like straight guys say that they're way more horror that they they that they're the things that get them when if they say something in 
like you see two gay uh, two guys kissing it's worse for them than two guys having sex and it's which is weird but like is there because of the intimacy yeah there's uh what is what is the whole it's like going back to the whole animalistic side of it especially with them having this whole thing kind of going down the the werewolf trope right um like yeah so there's intimacy that is uh that presents a level of vulnerability mm. where uh, sexuality and sex acts can often be more dominant. Yeah. Uh, I think with men yeah. or at least perceived that way. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. It's giving up a certain level of vulnerability um, that makes kissing more uncomfortable yeah. than watching two men have sex. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I, like me, whatever. I'll love watch is love. Love is love. That's it. Like those yeah. people just have uh, issues with themselves. They, they'd be like, "Oh my god, yeah, I got a half job. I'm not gay. I'm not gay." You know, like that's where terrible. you need to look back and reflect yeah. on yourself. Exactly. Um, it's not. There's no issue with the people that are either having sex or kissing or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's that coming to terms. In this case, is coming to terms with who you are and what your real desires are right and yeah the reason i called out that internalized homophobia was in the beating scene where he like essentially beats himself right like he hits he they're like talking about dancing and can you picture it and all these things and trying to awaken him to um trying to awaken him jacob uh, to who he is and and um forcing him out of the closet and it you know, he kind of gets goes on the defensive, and the the first way to prove that you're not gay Violence. beat the gay guy, yep. right? And that's awful, yeah. <laughs> and it, I made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, um, but you see that a lot yeah. in film. Well, he should have just chopped the dick off, like I said. Like he missed an opportunity. That's the end of the movie. That's <laughs> yeah, a different kidding. moment. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it, I was like, no, please. I don't think we need any castration in this film. Well, it's it's that. Then Ari Aster would have been all over this. <laughs> no, that yeah. is true. The, the, there's the two moments in that whole the whole the movie where the the fighting you kind of see it. Like we talked about the kiss, and we talked about the because the samurai is like is chained up to the fence when he punches them right like it's that <laughs> i i keep I, uh no he starts punching and hitting him before he gets changed oh, okay the and the then fight he changes, occurs okay. yeah the fight occurs and then he uh pushes him up against the fence and cuffs him yeah. and as he's backing away it's revealed that it turned him on yeah it's and also there's a a thing with what like bdsm kind of thing there right like because mm-hmm. of the handcuffs and the like the domination thing is i like I'm wondering if that was intentional with that because of the handcuffs, but I don't know. It's a, I, it, because again, all this stuff is very like, it's not. What are we pointing at bondage as being gay? No, I <laughs> no, but it's. I'm not saying for you. I'm sorry, Ron. It, I was like, I had to go there with it. Cause I was like, yeah, okay. BDSM is this, is this um like, pointing at bondage and are we looking at things that are kind of stereotypical of the gay community yeah they were probably in the 1980s if you watch certain films yeah well it wasn't even that i was just thinking because of that that power over that other character and the handcuffs being involved i was wondering like is there that undertone of that also it's just uh i think the assertion of dominance for sure and like like i said to show that you're dominant and that you're a man Mm -hmm. and you're not 
queer yeah. like that that it definitely used some stereotypical and um which isn't like things in that yeah. scene but it's that thing where i think there's so many and it sounds like from watching this or it seems like from watching this movie that german culture has at least some part of what masculinity is supposed to be right like that ma- men yeah somebody else gave it like five stars and said that it's a uh unparalleled genius wrapped in homoerotic insane prime uh-huh. uh primal debauchery and i was like okay that's okay. <laughs> so is this a homoerotic film now i don't know i mean a little uh, bit when i guess say, yeah well, i didn't really think of it that way because there was so much else going on yeah. yes um but i love uh 1970s erotic horror films so um i, I can I, see I, it when you say homoerotic horror I, I i think that the one that i always think of right away is nightmare 2 right like the 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 whole that movie right is... and i was that's what i was thinking yeah. of when i was like when you look at stereotypical <laughs> like we walk into the like gay biker bar <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> um and we think about bondage and leather yeah. and things like this yeah. um and those are some stereotypes and so yeah. maybe it is putting a mirror up to that a little bit yeah i did you have you seen the scream queen documentary that they made about uh the actor yes and that Man, that was so good, and like to see what that guy has gone through his whole life, and what that movie—it was so interesting to see because that movie came out in what eighty-five, right? And so you were in the midst of of the the womb crisis. (laughs) The what? No, I was in the womb. You were, but not the. (laughs) But like, I was. I was alive. Yeah, I was alive also. But it and that it came out in November, and I was born in February. So, so you were a little. You were a little annoyed. It came out in November, so I was a month old. Wow. <laughs> yeah, November first, nineteen eighty-five. I'm October yeah. th- eleven. It, yeah. That that <laughs> because it, it just it just reminds me because of like what that movie like you watched that movie and I think that it was. I think the first time I saw it, I didn't like. I wasn't watching it for what it was, right? Like, or like, I wasn't trying to see it for what, like, what that movie was. And, and I wonder, are we gonna in thirty years? Is this movie? I mean, I don't know because this movie is a German movie, and so that's like, there's that thing where, um, especially Americans don't watch as many foreign f- films, but like. We're trying to change that. We're, We're trying, trying to change that one We're episode trying. at a time. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I really like Nightmare Two, and I like that the Scream Queen documentary. I I really really enjoyed, and I uh, I it, it's that kind of stuff where it's you point out these these culturally changing things like like Nightmare was kind of doing with it, and. Uh, I didn't like everything that happened with like obviously what that actor had to go through because they didn't they 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 kind of tagged him for all the he, he got blamed for that making that movie gay which was insane right um because of the 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 script and everything that happened in that movie but um I'm just going off about Nightmare too but, but um I just I, I really really enjoyed how much this movie made me think and i'm talking about 
a Jur Samurai at this point, how it made me like it's a movie that you can't sit there and go, uh, this is this is straight at like this is this is what happens and you can't like think about it. It's a movie that you have to think about. You have to think about why everything's happening and what these character what this character, Jacob and the samurai are going through and what they mean. And I So how far in did it take for you to catch or to think the same way that I was thinking five minutes into the film with the like whole fight club, this is an inner struggle. This could I, potentially be the same person, blah, blah, blah. Like, did, I, did that take I, you a long time? I, I don't know about a long time, but I think that the uh, when the captain called him was where I was like, oh, so this is going to be, this is all him. That was kind of my, uh, it took a, maybe a little bit longer because <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I made sure to say it out loud because my wife was there watching it. Well, she only half watches movies. She's on her phone, whatever. Um, but I was like, is this a fight club thing? Like, yeah. I have to say this now because if it turns out to be, then I'm either going to be like satisfied with picking it out so early on, or yeah. I'm going to be very pissed off with this movie that it it didn't do something else with it or yeah. something. But well, I still don't really know. Like, yeah. well, it's <laughs> so, not. I mean, that's what like I compared to High Tension. Didn't know. Did you say if you've seen High Tension? Um, I, it's one of those things that's in my watch list and because okay. I got too much other things okay. going well, on. I don't, I don't want to ruin it. it for you, but it's one of those movies that I, I don't worry. Okay. I know the whole, okay. uh, plot already. Yeah. That it, one is still one. Like, I, I would love to rewatch ending, it though. So don't, don't yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing it, I made sure not to read. I don't know why that that movie just stuck with me as like, it's still on the top of my list of the movies that fucked me up the most after watching yeah. it for some yeah. reason. Like it just did everything. It was went out to do so well and so like viciously i just think i was in like a weird mood where i actually got taken away by a movie and didn't look at it so uh like i do like you know taking it apart and trying to put it back together i wonder with that movie because of this the context of what's happening and then you kind of compare it to this because they both have this this struggle right like the in the character struggles in both the movies and i don't want to go too much into high tension but yeah, uh, no, I would wonder, be curious on your opinion, because that movie has, that movie probably, if you are you were kind of afraid of, I don't know. And now they think about it more, I'm going, what is, it's that, it's that thing where you go, how, how does this read in the end? You know, how does this, how does this support or how does this put, certain people in the light kind of thing and that's the thing where i'm like eh, i don't know as i'm thinking about it and talking about it in context with this movie right um it's it's pretty notorious movie though and it's one of those movies that I, I i'm not surprised you know what you're talking about because it's one of those movies that that makes the rounds on like horror youtube videos where they're like oh this movie's ending i hate or this movie's you know it makes it makes a lot of uh people either hate or love how that movie goes and but there's so much more to it because of all the other undertones to it so yeah um that movie was fucked <laughs> it came it came out during right where that the the 2000s were the those french those french horror films were just yeah. killing it yeah this but is it, uh are you wait high tension did? yeah 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 
What was it? Twenty, um, like oh six or something like that. I think two thousand three. Yeah. Was it three? It was pretty early. Yeah, they did. I mean, you look at those French horror movies, and you're looking at Martyrs, and we're talking about like Inside. Inside is one of those movies I've never seen. And Martyrs is another one of them. But like, yeah, that, same. That just balls to the wall, like extreme, like. I know of them and like all the stuff that was coming out out around all that time. And it was just like, they were trying to one up each other. Oh yeah. I'm all in like, yeah. And it was like, I mean, but they they had to have been uh, influencing one another too. So if, if the filmmakers that you are looking up to and they're uh, whatever, like influencing you, you're going to be like, Holy shit. They just upped the game. Now we have to. And like, yeah, yeah that's what it felt like. Yeah. Uh, so I, it's not often I go and it was, I was, it's, it's funny. Cause I was looking at, I was kind of looking for YouTube things and I wasn't seeing a lot about this movie. I was like typing Dur Samurai into YouTube and you see like the trailer, but then you get a bunch of like samurai content, right? <laughs> Cause I was, I, I was going <laughs> yeah. in to kind of look for like what people, I kind of like when movies are this like heavy with messages, like I like to see what other people think about them. Um, just because it like I feel like it gives you that little bit of a okay that's like you kind of comparing your it's like comparing your answers on a test kind of thing right um so oh yeah yeah you know it's I always talk about I've told you Josh I uh as soon as I watched the the witch for the first time as soon as it was over I was looking at YouTube explanations for the ending because that movie is so out there and I mean it's an uh, awesome movie but it's like. It's, That's why I have a full sleeve of it now. Yeah, no. Josh, <laughs> Josh has like black Philip on his arm and stuff, and all. It's pretty. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, Man. I have to watch it again because it's been a while. Did you? Uh, yeah, I think I've only watched it once. I need to see it again. Um, and I want to watch the Lighthouse again, which I that movie is so off the wall bonkers. Um, <laughs> That's a comedy. That's just a dark comedy with a lot a, of cum. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's a lot of whatever. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with that movie. So, uh, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Like, what else is there to say? Noli, do you have anything else you would like to say about this uh, movie and how you kind of like what how you're feeling about it after watching it and like talking about it for in the last so, hour? So it's tough because like I'm I'm not eager to run and go watch it again. Yeah. No. Uh, but the reason is not because of the cinematography or the style or how it was shot. I think all those things are great. Um, I think that the acting at mo at times was not super strong and it was often, uh, I felt like the breathiness, um, honestly, the more you evaluate it, the less I hate it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. The more we talk about it, the more we're finding all these things that are potentially reasons for me to change my mind. Yeah. So it's kind of tough because I gave it I I reviewed it I gave it like three stars out of five on Letterbox yeah. and was like I don't hate this movie. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to dislike, and you need to come. You need to watch it, and and you do need to intellectualize it and analyze it and come to your own conclusion, and then talk about it and have conversations and find additional like points of well, what was happening? What what was the director trying to say? Because I can't find anything anywhere yeah. because it just hasn't been written about enough. Yeah. And all of the reviews are hyper-focused on things that aren't the queerness. They're tiptoeing. Yeah. And I hate that. Like, there is a heavy-handed 
like thing that should be uh, mentioned and talked about. Clearly, there's something that is being said here, yeah. but I feel like no one's talking I, about it, or they're just lightly uh, putting it in as a little anecdote, um, Shutter, but not hyper focused on it. Um, Shutter classified it in their queer horror, it, it, and it's like I feel like if that's not the most like. Okay, well, the writer this. director is queer, so like that's why. Yeah, I believe, and that makes even more sense because maybe he's putting. But that's the thing. We're also when we come at this and we we're we we're like, okay, so this was in the queer collection, so we're gonna look at it. We're gonna view it through a queer lens. Yeah, you're gonna look at it different than someone who's coming in to be like, I just want to see like a cool fucking carnage film because that's yeah. what it. That's what the description says. Yeah. Yeah. That a lunatic has a samurai sword and there's carnage. Yeah. Well, so, the only reason um, I I didn't know it was going to be uh like this type of movie, I just knew that we were looking for a pride movie and looking for more uh writers, directors, or actual like people behind the scenes uh for Pride Month as well. Like not just like one person, but like actually, you know, checking off more of the boxes on uh, for Pride Month and this checked off a lot more boxes than any other film that was on that list. I think more than I expected, yeah. especially after talking about it more. Because mm -hmm. um, I sent Rod all of my initial reactions as I was watching it. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I was like, so I'm just, this is me taking notes in yeah. Discord as I'm watching this. And that's why. So he got all of the very yeah. raw Nice. Data. <laughs> I saw a lot of it and I saw your initial 18 minute thing and then I kind of like was looking over it and I was like I kind of just want to talk about it you know with with Enola like live and so I, I went over a lot of it and I, but I was like this is such a it's that movie where you just want to talk about it with with the both of you and you know be able to go over with it and kind of the discussion because it's that type of movie where you can talk about it like and that means... But that's what I love about this show in particular. Like, I don't take notes. I don't think at all until I'm talking to Rod. Yeah. And it's just a, a bounce-off conversation. Like, a lot of the stuff... Yeah. That it, 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 <laughs> I have to take notes or else I won't remember what I yeah. just watched. <laughs> I mean, it, it's... <laughs> like, so, but, um, he he it's does that so for like, us. This I is think. a feel... And when I approach things, it's like, well, this is this is what I saw and this is how I'm feeling yeah. about it. Right. For sure. Um, which I don't know if that's the right way to critique a film. Um, you know, I only took a couple film classes in college and I'm not an expert, but uh, <laughs> I, don't I, I, I feel like we we've gotten to some really interesting points about what what we saw and coming at it from a lot of different angles yeah. all through a queer lens and being like. Whoa, there's a lot of possibilities once you get to the end of this film. Yeah. I could have done without the erect penis. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. He missed a golden opportunity. Slice it. If it's in yeah. your it, it was very close up. It was very blatantly yeah. here's a dick. Like it was not It was not. Yeah. But that's why it could go either way. It's like either I'm I'm conquering the monster and I accept my queerness or it's, I just killed my queerness yeah. and I'm a straight guy with a fucking samurai sword. Now. <laughs> like I was kind of like, I don't oh my know God, what that's the is happening at the end of this here. Cause like, it's like, you I can really get either or out of it, but 
know? If he well, cut the penis off, then it would have 100% been that then. Yeah, I yeah been, fuck, I got yeah. a sword. I, was like, I don't fucking know what's going on. Because um, there's also a lot to be said about decapitation and like cutting off the head of the oh, beast or the yeah. enemy, right? So, well, um, yeah, yeah, because, because uh, again, the so samurai weird. is this one instance, and then there's the wolf thing that's always in the background throughout this movie, right? It's the 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 wolf that was causing havoc during the like when well, and the girl in the car show. even calls him lone wolf and he's like why the fuck did you call me that and she's just yeah, like and besides yeah. that this uh der samurai throughout the whole entire film uh did no one else notice you keep hearing weird grunty growly yeah, wolf uh, noises very primal uh, and I was right like primal right it, yeah you can hear it in their voice and their breathing yeah. and i was like this actor that's the one part where i was like oh the acting's really good because like there's all these um this innuendo towards the, them having clinical lycanthropy yeah it um that's why it's so confusing yeah. by the end when there is a fucking wolf <laughs> i'm just like i don't know what's happening well, at this point. it reminded me a little bit of like even how the samurai moved was very like animalistic, right? Like it was very like how. Yeah. Beyond uh, what you said about doing a dance as like yeah. a traditional samurai, then it's also perhaps it's just uh wolf like yeah. reflexes. Well, I don't know. You think about it too. You ever think, you know, the old, like about a cornered animal, you know, uh, like a, a wolf with its foot stuck in a, in a trap and would, like chew its own foot off right yeah like, the, kind of what the samurai did with the thumb yeah yeah it's that same kind of thing it's like he was a cornered animal and and you go well is that the animal instincts and what like it's the same kind of thing and it's like that wolf thing was even another layer that we that we talked about but it wasn't like i swear you could go and talk about the wolf aspects of this or even more of a you know i kind of um, want to go back and see if they did something weird. Like, I doubt they actually took the thumb off because he's in scenes after that where I forgot that he Yeah, I was about to say, does he, do we ever see that he doesn't that, have his thumb? And does the cop I think not have a thumb? That kind of leads you even more to the fact that it's just like this uh, persona. It's like a mirror of your internal the, self. They and it's not the even hand, real. It's all just this illusion. Oh my God. The hand so was wrapped up through like a lot of the rest of the movie. Like the after like okay. so yeah I guess it isn't yeah. a bandage yeah I didn't really notice there's a lot of blood and yeah the dress is white so yeah. <laughs> I really which like... also like that whole thing with like the white dress and the blood that yeah. also plays into like this other side of um being more feminine or maternal yeah. and like that's that's other why I, things that's why I like to say <laughs> they because it's the they never refer to the samurai character i guess he, the jacob does J jacob calls the samurai character he right a couple times during the movie um but there's that questionable of like what does this individual like <laughs> mean in this whole like scenario right also like it's that white dress it's almost like a wedding dress right it's like but not like a wedding dress but yeah what, what does white mean white means purity right and <laughs> and you have white this character in this white dress who's pure just causing havoc <laughs> so it's it's another thing it's like what does the white dress mean and by the way i think the samurai pulled the dress off pretty well if we're being honest but <laughs> <laughs> so i don't uh man there's there's so much in this movie to talk about Well, there's so much yeah. being said in the 
picture this scene. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then the group all of a sudden like staring and yeah. laughing and judging. Yeah. Yes. And being homophobic. There's so much being said in that scene. And then that's what leads to that. Like I said, the internalized homophobia and yeah. him like beating that character yeah. down and then handcuffing them. It's, uh, that's where it's like, we're, this is boiling to the surface yeah. now at this point. And I, um, that scene. And maybe it's because this person has just been questioning since before the samurai sort of arrived, yeah. right? And so it's all coming to a head. It was like that breaking point, right? It's that mm-hmm. point where it, he can't deny who he is because you get these you get these things where he's like this outsider, right? The, like from the beginning of the movie, because the like the bike gang just like bust this dude's balls. They they, they like. And he's trying to like it's kind of seems like he's kind of trying to like flirt with a girl that's part of their gang and and the, like the the main like biker dude is just like ah whatever, and it's just like there's a lot. See, <laughs> I picked up on something between him and the main bully. Oh, did you not see how they were looking at each other? I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice that, but <laughs> it it makes sense because that's the the the. The, I was like, I think that there's a romantic attraction and that it's not one sided yeah. between the two of them. That, and that makes one sense. of them doesn't have a head anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's there's so much there with this movie, and it's like, man, you could go off about it, and it's, but I, I always we t- we've talked about some pretty complicated movies on this podcast. I, I think of Josh. I think of like Possessor, which uh, yes, which. Cronenberg's son directed and had so much there that you could sit there and talk about but man this the like the subtext and the what the story is trying to say and it now that you say that the the director and writer's queer you have to go well is this how this kind of how this the the director felt and like came to terms with their sexuality you know what I mean and like they used it as that I wish I could have found like an interview with the director. There was nothing. Yeah. I did some, I always do some research after I watch a film yeah. um, to look up kind of devour whatever articles I can find. Yeah. Um, and also look at like, what are some of the kind of the interesting facts about the film? Yeah. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. Um, and I, I digged as hard as I could in the short amount of time that I had, but yeah. it was really unfortunate. And now at this point, the movie came out seven years yeah. ago. So it was probably made like eight years ago. Like, (laughs) yeah. So like, I guess we could try and possessor was dope. Shoot him an email, (laughs) you know, maybe he'll get back to you. Yeah. I mean, one thing I can say about the horror community, a lot of people get back to you. You wouldn't expect to. Yeah. And the least, the, the, the worst that can happen is someone will say no, but you won't know unless you reach out. So for anyone that is, out there trying to do a horror podcast yeah. just just message people yeah. people are pretty open totally man i reached out to the psycho Goreman people and i was like can, can we get a hunky boy on the podcast and they never responded and I, I i get sad about that because we love psycho Goreman around here uh have you well seen i'll psycho reach out Goreman? they seem to they seem to like me and everything we've been doing so i don't know man you yeah, never maybe. know we well, were one of the original hunky boys yeah. man have you seen uh psycho Goreman yet uh, I I just put it into my watch list yeah. um, from when it came to because I was waiting for it to come to a service yeah. where I could watch it without renting it for like twenty dollars yeah. or whatever. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'll be watching it. I have a really big watch list yeah. now, and because I have so many uh, interviews coming up, yeah. I'm kind of like pacing <laughs> myself a little bit because sometimes what's happening now is I am watching 
sometimes two films a day and that's I a lot can't remember yeah. what i've oh, that's watched or the points so that's why i have to take notes yeah. or else it's, oh, everything's just gonna blend together that believe me that's i uh, there are times where i go i wish i would have taken notes because there are times where it's like uh the especially movies that have weird... i'll just write my initial bullet points um and log the film on yeah. letterbox right after i'm done yeah. and then I'll go back and flush it out, yeah. basically. Yeah. I've I've already watched Psycho Gorman three times though, so I'm a, I'm like obsessed with it, and I'm getting a Psycho Gorman tattoo uh, very soon. Yeah, it's we talk about it every week. We're we're obsessed here, <laughs> and we're act and we we brought it up again. I yeah. I don't think there's been a single episode since we've watched it that it hasn't been brought up on the show. Yeah, it's pretty up there. So, well, no, I. Uh, I, I'm so glad you came on and like we were able to work it out because I know this was later for you and uh, everything and you're a complete. It's actually like I think it's later for you yeah. guys. I'm just a fucking baby. Oh, I'm be please. honest. I I take naps between three p.m. to like eight, yeah, nine, eleven, and then I'm up all night. We, My sleep schedule is fucked up right now. As Josh will tell you, uh, I, I I finish up this podcast and then it's usually I'm in bed because I wake up at six a.m. the next day for work. So it's it's usually my, uh, I, I feel you. I, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I'll be 38 in August. So Just getting... don't chop anyone's head off, Rod. I'm not okay? chopping anyone's head off. I promise. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Uh, no, thank you so much. It was a blast. And I had, I, I think it was like, I, I'm just really happy that we had all this to talk about. Cause I, I, I felt like this conversation was, was fucking dope and it was a good time so thank you so much for coming on it was really really a good time um, yeah, yeah thanks for having me i appreciate it make sure you guys check out slayway um but tell everyone Nola, where they can find you and the lovely interwebs and uh your awesome discord and whatever you want to you want oh yeah sure i mean so we do have a discord server for slayaway it's discord.gg slash slayaway um and if you're wondering or you're thinking to yourself like come slayaway or um you're starting to sing that enya song slay like, away yes, slay our, away slay the away in, if, have you noticed that the intro to my podcast is a parody of that enya <laughs> i didn't song? notice that but that makes sense <laughs> not, not that you now say it now when you yet. hear it yep. do the the time beat yeah. to it. Um, so yeah, it's cause I, uh, one of the things that I do, uh, on my own just for nerdy fun is I do uh horror song parodies to other songs. Yes. <laughs> it's, yes. Um, I'm not a musical person or, uh, anything like that. I just write them. It's like, it's like doing weird horror po poetry. I mean, um, my, my last so band covered that song, <laughs> the, the sail away by Enya. So yeah, it was it was the punk rock cover. It was so fun to play. I love that song. Um, yeah. For me, you can find me pretty much all over the internet at Anola Lagosi. It's Lagosi like Bella Lagosi from Dracula. Um, and for Slay Away, in a, most places we're at Slay Away Radio. Um, but like I said, you could also just join the Discord and you'll find all the links from there. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty much chatting a few times a day in the discord or as much as I can in between all the things. And especially if you're interested in um, coming on the podcast to, to review a film or have a chat, or you've got some kind of cool project in the horror community that you want to talk about and get out there, like, please join the discord, send me a message. Like I'm I, one of the things like Rod mentioned that I do is I try to um, kind of raise up voices within the community uh, overall. And uh, I'm always really interested to hear the stuff that people are working on. Yeah, it's her. The community, the Discord is awesome. Um, it's there's a lot in there. It's 
there's a lot of like sections and a lot of content and a lot of you could post where you're you're doing your own content and all that stuff so i i, I put oh i'm going live on my stream whatever um, but it's always been super friendly and awesome um nola is super friendly and awesome so all these things are pretty dope and i'm i'm glad that we got to talk about such a a d- deep movie today because it it meant a lot and it was it's very multifaceted <laughs> yeah. thank you for yeah. having me no thank you for coming on it was especially with your busy busy uh, month that you have going on so it was a it was a it was a awesome discussion um josh and i are both on murdermoose.com we uh josh i will when i get my pc back i will find the moose from uh, yeah or i'm gonna start every episode with did you find that sound yet fuck man (laughs) uh there's a a movie on netflix that just came out called uh the mitchell's versus mitchell's yeah Yeah. mitchell's versus the machine and there was a the the dad makes weird moose noise and we've been talking about it ever since so it's It's such a a, it's a (laughs) tearjerker It's, I really enjoyed that movie. I, I really fucking loved it. Okay. Well, um, next week, I don't know what we're doing. Um, I we'll guess figure it out. We'll, we'll <laughs> figure it out and we'll, t- we'll tweet it out uh, from the Discord, from our Murder Moose pod uh, on Twitter. Is our official. Come join our Discord. Also, we're discord.me slash Murder Moose. I think what it is. Uh, you could find a link on our, our website. Um, I think that's all. So uh, thanks a lot for hanging out. Anola, it was a fucking blast. Uh, and uh, we'll be back with more shenanigans next week, everyone. So have a good one. And thanks for listening. And we'll catch everyone later. Bye. Bye. Bye.